Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Real Freedom Podcast, where we talk about building time and financial freedom through different opportunities in real estate. And today I'm so excited. We've got Jim Lee here, and Jim is going to share his story of uh, coming to the United States from Taiwan at age 11, graduating from UCLA, working as inside sales for LoopNet and CoStar, which for folks that might not be familiar with that, they handle like commercial property listings and then got into real estate syndication. So right now you are the founder of Formosa Investing and you have about 600 units of properties. And we'll talk more details about those properties over the last couple of years and really looking to gain financial freedom. You saw the opportunity. You had a, a little uh, little time as a real estate agent. We're exposed to syndications and all the positive that its syndications can be. Um, and that's where you're at today. So we're excited to chat with you about your journey. So welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you ha- for having me, Mike. Why don't you just go ahead and give us that background, You know how you got in, what you kind of learned a- along the way, and, and kind of take us to today and, and where you're at. Yeah, sure. So, like you mentioned, I, I graduated from UCLA with an economics degree back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, my very very first corporate job was uh, in uh, working at LoopNet CoStar as an inside sales. Um, I, I I learned pretty much everything I needed to learn about real estate by talking to you know age real estate agents, um, property managers, lenders, investors on a daily mm-hmm. basis, and. Um, you know, I learned the importance of having multiple stream of income, just talking to investors, uh, you know, picking their brains. And eventually I got into, um, uh, I bought a two bedroom, one bathroom condo out mm-hmm. here in Ontario, California. Um, and, you know, ever since I got that passive stream of income, I was pretty hooked and yeah. never looked back on real estate. It's fun knowing that, you know, you've you've got the income coming in, assuming it cash flows, although some people don't always have the an investment that has cash flow, but you've got the depreciation benefits, the tax benefits, your mortgage is getting paid off. And it's like you look at, man, I can I can do this and uh, I see all this financial benefit that's coming about. Absolutely. And that, that that pretty much leads on leads to why I got into multifamily syndication, right? Um, because multifamily, it you know, it's scalable. Um, mm-hmm. You can use, like you mentioned, it's you can use leverage. You know, when you leverage an investment, you reap the benefits of appreciation on the total va- asset value, while mm-hmm. just having a small um, percentage of your own money in the deal. Uh, not on, on top of that, you know, there's that cash flow you mentioned, demand, affordability issues that we have right now, um, and most of all, tax advantages. So, mm-hmm. talk through your journey of being exposed to syndications. I know during the the COVID lockdown, you had some time where you're able to to do a little bit more research. And for those people that maybe haven't heard about syndications or they've heard about it but maybe haven't pursued it more, kind of what was it about that, or what were some of the specifics that you learned that really helped you to get excited about that? Yeah, so I started with syndication. I believe it was like you mentioned in lockdown, and the reason why is because during lock, I, I was a realtor during lockdown, and I couldn't host any open house, and that's the most effective way of uh, finding leads. And so mm-hmm. 
since I was stuck at home doing absolutely nothing, I had to find, I had to figure out a way to make money with real estate. Cause you know, there's hundreds and thousands of ways of doing so. It's just, you know, I was just trying to explore my option. And so what I did is I just went on YouTube. I uh, started listening to podcasts and I came across one of my investors introduced me to this podcast show called the real estate guy radio show mm-hmm. um, run by two, you know, fine gentlemen. They've been doing real estate syndication for 20, 30 years. And um, on the show, every, every episode, they always pitch about syndication. So that's when I discover about syndication because I didn't know what syndication was, you know, what, mm-hmm. what is this? I've never heard of this term before. And they always pitch about how if you want to do bigger deals, you just, you just have to syndicate it. So that piqued my interest to really mm-hmm. want to study and learn more about it because <clears throat> Again, going back to what I said earlier, when you focus on multifamily, it's scalable, right? Well, when you focus on syndication, it's also more scalable because it requires partnerships. I mean, you can do everything on your own, but it, you're, it's it's going to take forever and it's a lot of work. It's just a lot easier when you are able to find potential partner that can help you along the way to build your syndication business. Yeah. I, you know, I've talked about it in the past with people and what I really enjoy is it's kind of the the best of both worlds because the people that have the time and the energy to put together the syndication are utilizing their expertise um, to be able to, to put the deal together, work out the management, work out the plan. What do we want this to be in the future? And then you have the people that have money and don't have the time and the energy to to become an expert in real estate. And they're just looking for a place to put that money. And so it really is kind of the best of both worlds. You you get to share your skills and the abilities and what you bring to the table and you need money and people with money want to be able to tr- you know invest with people they know, like, and trust and, and are going to take good care of it. And it's, it's really just putting that together versus, you know, an investor trying to you know, research condos in Los Angeles and try to figure out, well, what's the best neighborhood? What am I going to do? And if I have a condo and I rent out the one unit, but then, you know, the lease is done. Now I've got a vacancy here. You're talking about things at a much larger scale and you have a hundred units and you might have 5% vacancy. Well, you still have 95 people paying their rent that month. And, and so it's, yeah, it's just an economies of scale. That's very beneficial. Absolutely. Talk about kind of the your, the two deals that you've done, maybe in terms of researching markets, like what is it about the markets that intrigued you? What was it about the deals that intrigued you? The process of kind of putting that together. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of piggyback what you just said earlier, um, it does require you to go out and find potential partnerships. And it, it, when you're when you're scaling when you're trying to close a hundred plus unit apartment building, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, that goes on. You have basically you have to have a pop, a good property management company set up. You need to find, you know, have established strong relationship with real estate agents, brokers, and um, lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I did to syndicate my first deal, I knew that I, there was a lot of missing pieces of puzzle that I, I, I needed to. Um, I need help with, you know, to fill in the spot. So I, I knew that the 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 type of value I can add is by um, bringing capital. So now I just need someone else with track record of success, experience, and everything I just told you about 
they've established strong relationships in the markets that I'm looking into. So I um, met my business partner uh, at uh, an event called Investor Summit run by the Real Estate Guy Radio Show. Mm -hmm. And him and I, we decided to syndicate our first deal in Florida because he had a good connect, a really good, strong connection with a, a, a lead sponsor out there, Orlando. And he's been doing it for 20, 30 years. And through, so basically through my business partner's network, I was able to find this deal. Um, and the, the specs we look for is pretty straightforward. We just look for, um, uh, class C apartment building value add it. Typically it's a five-year hold. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what go, uh, what, what, um, what it entail, what the deal entails for both, um, the property that I syndicate in Orlando and Jacksonville. Now, when you're looking at, you know, talking about value add, is it there's vacancies and we need to change property management to fill it? Is it rents are below market and we're going to raise it to market? Is it we're going to do, you know, a, a pretty heavy rehab to be able to increase the rents? What are you kind of looking at in terms of value add opportunities? Anything, anything you listed above. Um, mm -hmm. If there's uh, like the first, I'll use my first project as an example in Orlando. It's poorly mismanaged, right? You can clearly tell the rents is not up to date. Um, the building's not, you know, um, they haven't renovated, put much more, much work into it. They haven't add much amenities. There's not even a, a, a gym uh, inside the, the 200 unit complex. There's a pool. So there's like, there's a potential, right? Um so there's this, I think, I think mainly when we see potential for value add is definitely in the management issue. Um, the seller, he lives, he also lives in California, but he doesn't have anybody boots on the ground in Florida. And that's a problem, you know, um, that's, and then, then that's, that's where we saw a big potential and we were able to pay, you know, a little bit over the market value for it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're putting together numbers, this is probably where an economics degree comes in ha handy, being able to look at numbers and financials and that sort of thing. But thinking through, you know, hey, here I am in California, I'm investing in a property out of state, a state that's quite a ways away, feeling comfortable with kind of that market of where it's located within Orlando. I mean, obviously we know there's demand in Orlando, Orlando's a great city, but in terms of picking the right property in the, the right location, talk about kind of doing that research to choose, you know what, this is the right opportunity here, even though you're you're living in California. Yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward. I think the 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 main thing that we tell because most of our, our investors are from California, and this is something that most people probably don't know is that if, for everybody who invests in California, they've pretty much made money on appreciation, right? Not mm -hmm. not so much on cash flow. So with these investors, they typically like since they made money here, they just they want to continue to invest here. They don't want to go anywhere else. You know, so um, so it was a bit of a, a struggle, you know, to convince them. But the, the the criteria that we typically look for is pretty straightforward. It's just you know population growth, job growth, um, landlord friendly. That's very important because during lockdown, I've seen a lot of my investors get screwed um, because of eviction moratorium. Tenants can literally live, live there for a year and not pay rent, and you know you can't do anything about that. And that's mm -hmm. what made us made us think about our investor. You know, you always have to look out for the best interest for your investor. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. So, 
Um, that's why we pick those markets. It's more, it's landlord friendly. It's not, you know, and, and, you know, during lockdown, Florida was completely open. So, mm-hmm. uh, that says a lot, you know, it, it, there's that's, that's, and, and then another thing, Sunbelt, we look for a Sunbelt state, you know, anything that has, that's, it's a sunshine state. Um, that's typically where people like to move to. So what you're saying is, you know, during, during COVID, there wasn't a lot of interest in looking in cold, cold Minnesota versus warm, warm, sunny Florida. <laughs> it just depends. I mean, if, if Minnesota has a growth potential, I I've got a couple of investors who has uh, investment properties out there. So mm-hmm. um, I think any markets is better, better than big cities these days. Like, you know, if you're talking about New York, California, it's just hard to make to cash flow in any mm-hmm. of this market. What you're playing is the appreciation game. And, you know, it's not, I mean, any investment is not guaranteed, but playing for the appreciation alone, it's, you know, during downturn, you just make sure you have enough cash reserve for that. Well, I think that speaks to two, you know, investors have different preferences and, you know, that's the thing, you know, having worked with investors myself, you really realize that, they have a a certain profile of types of properties, types of returns, situations where they're more excited about something. I know it's for if, if you're not in real estate investing, it might be hard to grasp that because some people are like, well, what what's the numbers? And it does come down to the numbers, but it also comes down to interest in a deal. And and when I work with somebody buying, you know, a duplex or a fourplex, I could put two buildings that are similar, have similar returns next to somebody. And one of them, their eyes light up and one of them, they're just kind of like, nah, I'm not really interested in that. And so it comes down to preferences. And yeah, some people might have want a little bit more cash flow. Some might, might want a little bit more appreciation. Some might want a, a shorter time window. Some might like a longer time window. So it's really kind of playing that matchmaker where you're looking to match that investor's preferences with the goals of that syndication or of that investment. And you're just trying to find a fit because they're going to be happy if it fits within their criteria. But if you're finding something that's not a fit from, they're just less excited about it and they might pick apart, you know, things that go wrong versus seeing the bigger picture. Exactly. Yeah. I can't, I can't agree more with that. So when you're putting that together, for those that don't know on a syndication, you kind of have two sides. You have a GP side and an LP side. The the general partner side are the ones kind of managing it. And then the LP are the limited partners. They're the ones putting the money in. So talk about assembling a team and how that worked out for you guys. Since I just started syndicating, um, typically how I find my capital is through family and friends first. And then from there, kind of... Um, ask for referrals and so forth. Um, the GP side of it, um, it's mainly, well, let's focus on LP first. So besides finding friends and family, um, I'm just trying to put myself out there, you know, to, to see, um, you know, being on this podcast with you, writing newsletter, writing eBooks, um, going out to events, creating my own community to network. Um, that's what I'm working on. That's how I find my investors. Um, in terms of general partners, um, that's just, again, that's, it all comes down to go putting yourself out there and network with people. Right. Um, that's how I found my business partner. That's how my business partner partner found the lead sponsors for our deals. Um, you know, just being, being, being involved, um, in the networking component, but also join mastermind groups, you know, invest in yourself, put some money in it, in, in, into joining a group with, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people. And eventually you're just going to have deal flow coming in left and right. 
Hey, Mike here. Are you a licensed real estate professional looking to grow your career faster and further with a team of like-minded people on an investor-focused real estate team, no matter what state you live in? Are you looking to up your game and work with live existing database of current real estate investors all over the United States looking for deals in your state? We're looking for great agents across the United States to join us on our journey to build wealth together and help investors together. To learn more, fill out our form at EliteAdvantageAgent.com. So what types of deals are you looking for in the future? Kind of the, the same criteria of what you get, what you have now. So we should add, I, I can't remember if you mentioned that, you know, one is a 400 unit and one is a, a 200-ish unit. So these aren't small deals. These are big deals that take a lot of capital. But in terms of, you know, the future, what are what are you looking to do? Yeah, right now I like to just focus on multifamily. Um, I, I want to be able to get really good at one asset class before I branch out. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to doing everything. I, I've seen a lot of syndicators nowadays. They do ATM, car washes, and mm-hmm. uh, storage units. Um, but I think you know, multifamily is probably the best, the safest, in my opinion, is the the most. Uh, stable asset you can get yourself in um that's something that i always tell my investor look like they because they always ask me what what are the chances of this failing well you know i would say 0.4 percent because back in 2008 subprime mortgage crash you have like what four percent uh single family residents that go into foreclosure but only Mm -hmm. 0.4 percent of multifamily went into foreclosure so mm-hmm. you know you can't get any more stable than that um so you know I, I think to start off um to build my investor base that's how i would approach it but eventually that definitely i'll branch out to other asset class i see the value of doing something really well and continuing to hit the nail with the hammer over and over again but I agree. There, there's other opportunities out there. But if you can get really good at mastering that asset class, you're going to find better deals. You're going to recognize better deals. You might see opportunity where other people don't see opportunity because you can be creative with that. Um, and yeah, there's there's ATMs and car washes that you can invest in down the road. And yet you can start with getting really good at at exploring your your multifamily real estate. And we know there's housing shortages. You know, most places where you go, we're not building new homes or or new properties fast enough and yet at the same time you know with with offices you know that's my my own personal opinion is it's like that's that's up in the air right because you've got these large corporations people working from home um and then people who specialize in office you know or industrial space are like mike you're an idiot <laughs> like everything's going to be fine but me i know multifamily i don't know office space and so stick with what you're doing well and continue to do it well before you explore other options absolutely and uh I don't know. To add to that, you know, uh, I would suggest reading the book, The One Thing, right? So just focus on that one thing and master that one thing. It can make you all the fortune you need. Talk a little bit about investing in yourself and personal development and and networking. What have been some keys for you in terms of your growth and, and the relationships you've built? What are, you know, maybe some recommendations you have for people that, that want to just grow in business, not necessarily in, in multifamily syndications? I would say just, you know, read a lot of books. I mean, just look at all the billionaires. They read like crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but besides that, you know, that I think the 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 
the most important thing is definitely education, right? Educate yourself in any way. It doesn't have to be reading. It could be listening to podcasts. It could be going on YouTube, finding, you know, people with credibility, um, you know, resources are free everywhere you go nowadays. It's like, there, there's no excuse for you not to educate yourself in the field that you're in. Um, so I think that that's a good start. So outside of the one thing, is there other books that have landed with you? Is there, you know, maybe any conferences you've been to or any, you know, learnings from certain people that have been helpful for you? Sure, sure. So uh, to answer the first question, currently I'm reading this book, uh, How to Be a Power Connector by mm-hmm. uh, Judy Rubnet. It's basically, you know, um, how you teaches you how to, you know, focus on adding value within your circle of influence. And eventually what you're going to build a, a very strong network that you can just be able to reach out to anybody at, at you know, if you have any problems with anything. Right. Um, but you have to build that relationship over time. Right. You have to always mm-hmm. continue to add value um, in terms of mastermind group. Um, I would say, just like I said, go on, YouTube, go on Google and and it doesn't matter what topic you want to research about. And you just type in, let's just say real estate syndication. You'll see all these groups pop up. Research, go on their website, look, 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 look at what kind of mastermind group they offer. And then typically these groups, they will offer like these, they'll they'll throw like a networking event, which costs like anywhere between 500 to a thousand to attend. Attend one of those, right? Um, be be around with the people who's all because Chances are the people who uh, goes to those networking event, um, they're also part of the mastermind group, right? So you'll be able to, you know, network with the, the people within the group, um, kind of get a feel for it. And then, you know, just take it from there, you know, see which group that you decide to join. It, it does take a lot of due diligence, but it's it will be all worth it. And that's, I think that's what you got to do if you want to invest in yourself. Yeah. And the beauty is, is, the more you learn, the better, the more connections you make. It's really just putting together deals and people, and you're just kind of putting those pieces together and it allow you to do bigger deals, deals more quickly, not have to put in as, as many hours um, to find the right pieces. And so you're you're definitely setting yourself up for, for a great future. Yeah. Yeah. And then also to answer your question, I, I sorry, I kind of forget, but um the the group that you uh, you, you yes um, I'm currently part of a group called Raise Master. It's run by Hunter Thompson, mm-hmm. and um, basically this is uh it just the group just teaches you how to raise capital. And Hunter Thompson group this uh group from a hundred people to three hundred people in a span of one year. So there's a huge demand for it. Um, but um, essentially I'll just give you like the quick overview. He just teaches you how to create a build a digital marketing platform. So instead of you hunting for investors, let investors hunt you by putting yourself out there all over the internet, mm-hmm. podcast, webinar, newsletter, ebook, website, you know, et cetera. I was just going to say, this is literally sitting right next to me. Um, Hunter Thompson raising capital for real estate. So <laughs> oh, what a small world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, he, he's kind of a guy that, that a lot of people know when it comes to raising capital. So Awesome. Well, anything more, Jim, that, that you want to add and, and share with people? Um, yeah. So if you want to get to know more about my personal story of um, all the mistakes I learned, uh, I learned as being a real estate investor and how overcoming these challenges, um, you know, created a, a path for me to become a real estate syndicator, you can visit my website, uh, formosainvesting.com. 
on there you can download the ebook and it basically talks about all that um it's a very short 20 pages read and then you can also find me on all the social media links you know uh facebook instagram uh linkedin formosa investing mm-hmm. awesome well thank you so much jim for coming on it's exciting to see um you know somebody who's put together some some big deals pretty quickly definitely if, if you have interest in learning more about syndication reach out to him just excited for you jim and your future Thanks again, Mike, for having me.